0: We pretend to um, do research on people before we actually get them on podcasts. But I I think Jonesy yeah, teed it up, didn't it? So Ben Jones, one of our board members, um, introduced us to Kieran when you're working for Mates in Mining. Yep. Um, we caught up, had a yarn, similar value, similar understanding of what's going on in, in like the veteran space, and kind of just went from there. Um, so, mate, rather than me talk about your backstory, do you just give us an overview of what? Who you are, why, why, army, open arms, whatever you want to talk about, mate. Who are you? That's the question.
1: Who am I? Oh, uh, that's a very ancient philosophical question, isn't it? Let's not get into that <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Scorpio. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I hate long <laughs> walks on the beach. There, yeah, that's the first thing about me. Uh, I hate sand. It gets in your toes and in, in your bed later. I'm a clean freak. Don't get sand in my house. You know what I mean? Um, no. So I uh, originally grew up in uh, southeast Queensland <laughs> no, no cheer. <laughs> and uh, so I was a bit of a sugarcane rat. Grew up and uh, one of twelve children. Yes, that's right. 12 6 boys, six girls. Fuck your parents yes. have a TV or? Yeah, I was going to trying to counteract that mix. Uh, yes, they had a television, but if you remember SBS back in the seventies and eighties, there was some naughty films on, and I think that's what promoted the growth of the family as well. But. Uh, Irish Catholic, uh, 12 kids, six boys, six girls. So my grandfather, just for context, was born in 1895. So this is 2020. My grandpa was in 1890s, man. Fuck he was it. world yeah, he was World War One. You know, when they all spoke like this in a high-pitched voice max. You grab your tin <laughs> hat, your 303, and your bully beef, man. And he, he, had, he came back from the war, from World War I, he fought in Poitiers, France. He came back from the war as an older gent and then had a family. So as an older dad already, then having, he had 10 kids and my father was down the bottom of that chain. So big gap between my dad and his dad and then a large gap between my dad and myself, hence the big gap in grandpa. Dad was uh, Choco. He was in the army as well. And then now. The Army history continues. Out of the six boys, five of us joined the Army. So there's Mick, the oldest. He was a grunt, a sniper grunt. And then Sean, he didn't want to do Army, so he went and became a jackaroo. Dave, the only officer who also copped the most criticism probably, to be fair to him. Then Liam, he was a vehicle mechanic, a army boy. Then myself, I was in engineers and then Luke, the youngest, he uh, was also Ramey vehicle mechanic. It was a natural progression. It's not anyone forcing us to go to the military. I just felt like that's what I was made to do, you know. I tried out of all the boys to, you know, I'll go from high school into uni and I started to do architecture. Now, you can imagine I'm probably the least masculine out of my brothers and then I go study architecture and they're all in the army the the abuse i cop for that um but in many respects they were right it didn't really fit my criteria you know when you're 18 and you're full of testosterone the last thing i wanted to do was sit down and do some sort of i don't know art architecture i just wanted to go out there and be an 18 a walking erection who thought he was rambo <laughs> so yeah i joined up on my birthday my 19th birthday I was only 19 and I remember getting off the bus, you know, they scream at you cook- at Kapooka and empty your bags. And during Kapuka, at least, I had no problems. I was like, you know what? Because at home we called dad the silverback. And there's a reason we called him a silverback because he was a crazy man. He was a pretty vicious lad growing up and he was very militarised. His fathering was very military and so, you know, you've got all grown men running around Kapuka crying. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, what are you crying about? Like, they cook for you. You don't have to wash the fucking dishes. Like, this is. There's no cut
2: cords, wooden spoons.
1: Exactly. No one's Help. teasing me like my brothers did. I, like, I, I, you know, so I thrived, did all right. And then, um, long story short, um, what I do, 14 years and then, you know, pretty good record, you know, went to Timor, Afghan. And then it happened where I got the boot in 2014, administratively discharged, and that was my, um, what do you call it, fall from grace and where I started to uh, delve into the mental health thing. So I actually wanted to go into psychology in the military and got booted when I started my first year at uni. And... I might use your podcast as an opportunity, if you guys don't mind. You all know and have heard about the Jedi Council. (laughs) The
2: infamous Jedi Council. Uh, Mate, tell us. Tell us the story.
1: Let me just quickly have a sip of my rosé.
0: Just while he's having a drink. (laughs) His brother, Keegan, just to to tie this full circle, I don't know if I told you, his brother put your old man through Singer. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, We linked this up one day. Um, His brother's a a psych mutility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He linked us up for a chat another a chat. We'll have to get him on here one time. I rang him up. I had 15 minutes. I rang him up for a quick chat about different aspects of psychology with blue-collar blokes, and I was on the phone for about two and a half hours because he just kept telling me stories. Fuck, he's got some good stories to tell. But one of them was was, was talking about you and your old man and your old man going through Singer. Fuck, so, yeah, that's sick. Story you can tell.
1: You know, so Mick was um, <clears throat> in the military when I was still a little boy, right? So I think I was uh, five, no, six or seven. 10 years of age,
2: age,
1: 15 years. So when I was yeah. 10, he was, what, 25? He was already, I think, a platoon, uh, no, no, not a platoon commander, a um, uh, a corporal section commander. And um, I remember when I was a kid and when Mick would come home, you know, he was like my big brother. I was so proud of this army guy coming home. And he'd come home around Christmas the same time Sean, the second oldest brother, would come home from, you know, uh, doing his jack out west. One day... Liam, the one older than me, he was about nine, I was about eight, Luke was about seven. So with us three young fellas playing in the bush, you can see the house about 200 metres away, and then you see two figures appear at the window looking out the paddock, and it's my older brothers are home. And we're like, yes, they're home. We're like, oh, love you guys. Like, my brothers are home. And then next minute, it's like, run, you little shits. (laughs) And Michael denies this, but I swear we only had two rifles at home, a 22 and an air rifle, and they were the two that used these. I didn't use a 22. i I'm like, bullshit. Why was bark peeling off trees behind me, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and then you can imagine being that age, you know, you see these big men, they're quite scary, and they chase you down the bush, and um, it was good fun growing up, I suppose, a little traumatic. I got shot before I joined the Army, so there you go. I uh, have got the scar on my leg. Luke shot me in the house because we had a bit of a disagreement. Um, but, yeah, mixed stories uh, about the military, you know, I, I, they'd say sounds so far-fetched. And um, th- this is how he'd talk. He'd come out, he's like, you don't fucking know, mate, what it's like in the fucking army. He goes, let me fucking tell you what happens in the army. Like trying to scare me or something. And I'm like, what, what? And he goes, you know what, I was at the boozer. You know what a boozer is? I'm like, no, what's a boozer? He's like, it's a pub on the barracks. And he goes... <laughs> And he goes, and there was a fucking kangaroo caught in the tennis nets. And you know what they said? They said, hey, Mick, go fuck the kangaroo off, mate. And I fucking did. I took on that kangaroo and I dragged it out by the fucking tail. And he goes, that's what you've got to live up to if you're going to join the Army. And, you know, talking all this shit. And I'm like, i told talk to my brother later. I'm like, do you believe him? He's like, he's so full of shit, dude. <laughs> anyway, Army guys don't mind embellishing a good story. Fast forward, I'm at 2CR in Brisbane. I'm walking across the Oval at 2CR going to the 6 RAR mess. This warrant officer passes me. He sees my name tag. He's like, Tui. I'm like, oh, hey, sir, how are you? He goes, you uh, you got a brother called Mick? I'm like, yeah, Mick. Yeah, And he goes, yeah, he's the only guy I've seen take on a kangaroo and fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he wasn't lying. There's something there that's true. Okay. And I think that's one of the things that I love about Swiss 8 uh, veterans and soldiers is, geez, you meet some really fucking good dudes, uh, chicks, like good people, you know. I, and I, that's, I think, part of what we miss when we get out is that, you know, is that that camaraderie and that that union. Um, yeah, loss I mean- of loss
2: of tribe is massive, dude.
1: Um, but the big thing
2: that I think keeps coming back to us, we said like a couple of times. I mean, we spoke about this before, but. Like people fuck up and then they're like, well, you can't be a part of – you can't be a part of a charity or an ESO. Like you have to distance – like we, we had people like, oh, you need to keep your distance from certain people because, you know, they're on the wrong side of it now and you're like they're still the boys and they're just as much of a larrikin as they are out of the army. They're not on the – you know, they're not murdering people. Mm. Um, and yeah. for some reason you know, you're, you're a veteran. I was going to say like – we, we've
0: had this oh. – Sorry, man, I think we've got a five-second delay. Just give it two seconds. So what we're you saying?
2: Yeah, like we've had that whole conversation about, about just guys in the army and keeping it cut through and, and, and real for people so that they can actually understand what's going on. And as soon as they get out, you're like, no, nah, that's it. Um You lose everything or you become an ESO and there's some unrealistic expectation. You have to have a squeaky clean demeanor. Then you lose a cut through. You might as well paint beyond whatever on your fucking shirt and no one will listen to you. Do you know what I mean? No. Yep. Beyond what, mate? (laughs) Beyond whatever, (laughs) mate. No, but that's true. Like, we've
0: we've had this conversation, I think we've had it a couple of times too, talking about, like, not just soldiers. Like, everyone looks at it and goes, oh, um, high-profile soldiers at the moment in the media and they're they're getting a smack bum for stuff. And they're like, oh, you can't have them anywhere near your brand. And then we talk about working with, like, footy players. A lot of NRL players have got mental health dramas and they're like, oh, that dude, he's retired. Like, what's that Knights nice player? I can't even remember his name now. Retired, got into oh, – he had a few run-ins with the law, a few drug problems, and they're like, oh, you can't get him can't get him near your brand. I'm like, mate, that's the fucking dude that should be aligned with a mental health charity. Maybe we shouldn't – don't use him as a poster boy, but to say, nah, because he's gone off the rails a bit, we, we can't go anywhere near him, Like, isn't that the point of, of what we're doing?
1: Here's another way to look at it. So why – this is this is a good point to get into straight away. Why are veterans singled out in this way? Usually, and even the footy player as that example. But when when the when the Wallabies aren't doing well in the rugby union, we look at the coach, not the players, right? We go, we need a new coach because they keep losing. And when an NRL player or an AFL player stuffs up, makes a mistake, um, has been alleged of something, not proven guilty yet, by the way, alleged. The team and the support staff and the fans stand behind them. But when yeah, a veteran up, it, it? Yep. when a veteran does it, you fuck them off. Why? Why Because footy players, I, I really love and, and admire the physical effort and mental effort they go through, but they're not putting their lives on the line the same way a soldier and I'm generalizing the way a soldier generally does. So we turf people who are putting their lives on the line because they believe in something greater. But we don't, you know, afford them the same that we afford sports players, which is we'll back them up. And here's another one. we go. People need to go to prison because they're not good on the street. Now, while they're in prison, if I ask all of society, do you think we should look at retraining, rehabilitating them? They're like, absolutely. Give them a chance. What about veterans? Oh, no, scumbag, kick them out. It's like, whoa, why are you kicking guys out so quickly? They, they could actually serve a really good purpose in the military as rehabilitated mentors to those young men coming in who need some good guidance. And you know what? They're doing that in prison as we speak too. But we we need to look at the, the what the world's lacking is wisdom. We've got enough knowledge. Universities have giga, gigabyte after gigabyte of knowledge. I mean, you, wisdom you can't get at uni. When you get a guy who's struggling... He's hit rock bottom and he gets out of that hole and gets back into the community, That that is the person we need in the world right now and we're not giving them the support that they need. They're the ones who come out with that little packet of wisdom and part of this now to put a soldier narrative on it, where I work now with veterans is, dude, you, you willingly went into battle You walked into bullets. And if you didn't go to battle, you willingly went through basic training to put yourself through hell. Now you're in a similar situation. You don't want to fight. And excuse the pun, and I sound corny. It's like get the fuck up, stand up, pull your socks up, mate, and picture yourself walking with your chest out, proud in front of your kids again and giving back to the community. There's your new metaphorical battle. And most soldiers go shit. You're right. That is who I am. So you can use identity against them in a good way. Yeah, yeah 100%. There's a-
0: I'll let you go, Max. Sorry, because
2: I think we are going to keep talking over each other. With but go. Um, yeah, there's one of the guys in the battalion. So I know different people um, respond differently to different when they're going through that crisis stuff. But um, there's there's a couple of guys I think when they, when you have the tools in a proactive sense, you have already. Got the, the knowledge; it's easier to bring him back on it, bring him up. But there's one dude he had he hadn't quite had all the knowledge and tools. But there's one dude who he respected. Just went, "Oi, mate, how about you walk around with your fucking head up and pull your socks up and get on with it, mate?" And he fucking, I know that's not going to work for everyone, and I'm I'm definitely not advocating that. But it worked for him, man. And he was like, "Fuck, I just needed someone to tell me to pull my fucking head in and get on with it, mate." Um, some so people this- it works for yeah. Yeah, and, I uh, mate, like I, there's enough
0: organizations out there like catering to the people who it's not going to work for, right? There's enough people out there giving hugs and um, safe spaces and avoiding trigger words. No one's looking out for the boys that need – and it's mostly – I say the boys, like there might be some chicks involved, but it's mostly dudes. No one's going out there going, all right, let's get an organization together that sees a dude that's down and goes, hey, mate, how about you get the fuck up and keep moving? Like no one's willing to go – in, especially in the mental health space, no one even in the veteran space is willing to go, yeah, our method of solving this problem is to say, get the fuck up and keep moving. Obviously, giving giving some tools along with that, not just telling people, oh, you're being, you're being fucking lazy or you're being soft. Like That is mm. that isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about speaking to people in the way that we would respond. Because if I if someone came to me when I was like going dark and they said, hey, do you, am I triggering you? Do you need, do you need some safe space? I'd be like, what the fuck have I become? And that would depress me even further. Mm-hmm. But you hang around the boys and like, bro, you kind of been a dick just, well, even even not even saying that, even just saying, mm-hmm. hey, how about you get up and fucking come out and train with me or get up and come and do X, Y, Z with me. That's what you need. And I remember you, you were telling the story like someone, your your brother was saying that someone actually sat him down and goes, mate, it was an old Air Force bloke. I'll probably butcher your story. but And that was exactly his words, it was like, what are you doing, mate? Get the fuck up.
1: His, his words were along the lines of, and I remember this, he goes, Sympathy lies between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. <laughs> and and he and and then the same brother who copped that from his mentor did it to me. Where one day he said something really annoying, and I was like, You're just a this and you're a that. And he looked at me and I hated it. He laughed, he goes, <laughs> He goes, Yeah, that's your fucking problem, isn't it? And I raged inside. But he was right. It was all mine, all in here. And to back what you said, Mex, you're right. Not everyone responds in the same way. All all I ask for is you can fail and that's cool. You, But just try something. Just give it a go. Don't sit back and do nothing. And I didn't get to the Jedi Council story. This is what happened. All right. A email went around uh, about five or six soldiers and I don't know them all either. One of them was connected to me. This email was a self-deprecating email that a gent wrote about himself with some women that he had um, courted. I don't know what it said, nor did I get the email. From all reports, it was, uh, let's call it poetic crass, and I'm not condoning that either. Now, what the military did is they went through, everyone connected to them and went, right, you um, on the discharge paper said, Kieran, although you're not part of this crew, we believe you condone their behaviour. And I'm like, how? And they're like, look at the emails you get sent. Now, for everyone who's been in the military from... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, there I'll we go. On this yes. one, bro. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, that's what they said. And I went, well, but everyone gets those emails. Now, to be fair to me all of them or most of them were sent to me and not sent on. And they're like, look at this pile of emails. I'm like, yeah, look at it. And as I was flicking through, I went, where are all the emails from all the women? And they weren't in there. And they're like, we're not here to talk about that. And I went, well, but it's not fair. But there was an agenda to be set at the time. And to be fair to my female colleagues who were still in the military, still serving, they supported the shit out of me, man because I felt like an absolute scumbag. The news made it out like I was part of this group that went around putting GPS tags on people and tracking them and peeking through blinds and, you know, it's not true and it wasn't fair. (laughs) So let me reframe it. Imagine you know who you are, you march through the streets on Anzac Day, you get a gong put on your chest for whatever you've done and you're like, I know who I am, I'm proud to be an Aussie soldier and this is what I've done. Then the military turn around, your family, your green family, and go, No, no, we'll tell you who you are. You're a piece of shit. Get out. I had nothing but that. That was it. I had no psych screening. I had no GP screening. I was turfed. And they go, Oh, here's a lawyer you can use who's military. And I'm like, The lawyer said, Good guy. He said, Mate, there's not much I can do, but just start preparing to get a job and what have you. Fast forward, I'm failing uni. I'm nearly homeless. I'm taking ice, I'm on the piss, um, I'm suicidal, all that stuff. Now, a few things came together in that moment, and one of them was I was lucky enough to get a mentor like my brother who said, you know, stand up, brother. Like, you know, here's your new metaphorical battle. He goes, are you a soldier or not? I'm like, yeah, I'm a soldier. He's like, well, then fight. Like, what are you doing? Mm. And so I use a similar analogy for uh, other veterans now to get through a tough time. And I know it sounds cheesy, but sometimes that cheesy stuff is exactly what they need in that moment. And I don't care if they weren't special forces or if they were admin clerks. or I don't care. It's about just have a go. And if you fail, I'm cool with that. And part of what happens in the Army is when you do fall down and you, you, you land head first in the mud, someone somewhere is going to grab your collar and pick you up. I said, "I'll act like that. I'll pick you up again, but then I'll give you a kick in the ass again to go forward and, and motivate you to keep going." And that's the gist of where I'm at now, working in the in the veteran space with mental health.
2: Is that peer support program that 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 open arms? Is peer the, uh, peer support program, isn't it? Is that the? It is. It is. It, and um, yep, they have they got good hands there. I mean, apart from obviously you.
1: Yeah, I I went into uh, the Open Arms program um, a little, I was like, oh, get ready. I had this expectation that it's going to be really politically correct. You've got to toe the party line. But I'm going to not blow wind up their butt. I want to give them credit. They've listened to the veterans and they've gone, what can we do better? And I really think they're kicking butt right now. And they've even given me that blessing as an individual to go, look, what's your style? Do you want to work with the veterans who you want to give a kick in the butt? I said, yeah, I think we're missing a gap in the hyper masculine area. They're like, go for it, mate. Do what you got to do. You know, there are boundaries that we've got to keep for safety reasons, sure. But within that space, be you, be that veteran, show them that you've been in a hole and you got out and do that. So I fully, absolutely credit them for that. And I love them for that. Now, The other veterans who um, don't want to uh, work with me because they might not want to be uh, or not at a stage that they're ready to work on themselves, as you said, Mex, before, you know, fine. Another peer can take that role, a peer who loves just being an ear for that veteran, just to hear them out. So we've got a real dynamic group and we can tailor that for the veteran's needs. And I think that that's really important. But talking with, you know, Adrian, about Swiss Eight and what you guys do. I think this is a space I want to help fill, and that is not not all veterans want to do a group program and talk about their feelings. I don't want to hug any of you, especially because. Of COVID. And but that's just me. And you know, there's there's a bit of a narrative I think is wrong out there, and, and it's like, oh, I don't cry. Is there something wrong with me? No, dude, that's just you. Mm, so. Yeah. I think it can get twisted, and we can just go, no, whoever you are is who you are in that respect.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem that government and even RSLs have had for the last like X amount of decades is that they've been trying to fix everyone with a broad brush. Yes. Going, everyone's veteran means they're all the same because that's a demographic of its own. Let's just solve them all with that one solution. And it just doesn't fucking work. Like, um, they, they, they're they obviously missing someone. Their, their highest risk demographic is dudes, younger dudes, um, and they are the dudes that are most proud, most ego-driven, most susceptible to stigma, and they've always looked at that going, oh, that's stigma, that's too hard to crack. Let's just go. Everyone's got these dramas, triggers and safe spaces, and that, that seems to be working with this group. That must work for all of them. Let's roll it down. It just fucking doesn't work. And, like, um, the idea, I mean, I, I think the only way to go, I mean, you've already raised this, like, if, pride and ego and stigma is what's stopping blokey knuckle-dragging dudes from getting the support they need, then you've got to use it, right? Instead of going, oh, how do we find a way to get around it, you've got to use it and you use it by doing exactly what you're saying and it's going, these guys joined the military because they wanted to fight, they wanted to protect, they wanted to fight. They're always kind of looking for conflict the younger you are, the more you're looking for conflict in every aspect of your life, and you get older and a bit smarter. But use that when they get out and go, All Right, they used to identify as a soldier, therefore they wanted to fight bad guys. Now get, fight, help them find a new identity and give them a reason to fight for something else. Because at the moment, like, they're doing it naturally anyway, and the, what, who they're fighting is DVA. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, you ask, get the whole – our generation of veterans together, the ones that are disgruntled and the majority love to whinge about stuff, it's part of being a soldier, and they're like – all right, I can't, I don't fight for the country anymore. What am I fighting for? Oh, I'll go and fuck the politicians, fuck the VA. They're, they're the enemy. And they've yep. just found, so instead of that, you've got to find, give them a good reason to fight again.
1: There's a couple of things in that. You know, <clears throat> one, you, you can blame the government and the army and everyone, and that's okay. But they're not going to change real quickly. So, while you wait for them to change, if you're listening to this now and you're waiting for the government to do something, don't do something for yourself. Now, I want to be very careful with my language because I don't want people who are struggling going, Well, I wasn't, I didn't go to war, I'm not SF, therefore I don't really deserve some support. Bullshit. You absolutely deserve it if you've done time. Even if you haven't done time, it doesn't matter. Oh mate,
2: uh, we're getting it. A lot of the boys in one, uh, one hour and 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 even across the other battalions, we get on the piss with the boys, and they're like, "Hey lads, you're all veterans." We we was we put a couple of surveys out, and the boys didn't do them. And then I was like, "Hey lads, do the survey." And like, "Oh, I'm not a veteran." I'm like, "Yeah, you are a veteran." Like everyone, like that's what we've done now. Like that's what it is. And they're like, "Nah, man, the boys and these are boys who haven't served, and they are fucking good hands." And they're like, I'm not a fucking veteran. And, and they're, not, they're not upset about it, but they're, they're almost like they're, they're like, no, I haven't earned that badge yet. But they're, they're like, I'm an ex-serviceman or I'm a serviceman or woman, whatever. Um, and it's ostracizing dudes, man, a lot of dudes. And, and as soon as you try and broad brush them, everyone pulls apart and they're like, well, those services aren't for me, man.
1: Here's a message for the veteran community then, you know, because it, it can sometimes become a bit of a rumor mill like high, high school and it can get a bit toxic, if to be fair. And I'm like, yeah, he's uh, you know, using the DVA, looking for a pension. He didn't go to war. And it's like, in fact, what would happen to you if you've been to Afghan or fought in a battle? Great. What if you never got that opportunity and you really wanted to and you would have been good at it, but you busted your leg? That can cause a lot of distress because my whole life was to be that person and I never got the opportunity. And so a lot of guys I work with now are in that boat. And so who they were, the identity is compromised again. I want to go to war. I want to be part of this. Like you said, Max, you know, they didn't want to fill it in. I'm not a vet, but you are. And that causes a lot of distress for these guys. They're ripe, man. They are good soldiers. But they didn't get the opportunity because of just a freak accident. Or because of just
2: poor genetics. Or, or the fucking timing wasn't right. Like, come on, we joined the army in the glory years. You fucking, you could have been an absolute potato and gone overseas. and the There's boys plenty
1: of potatoes overseas, <laughs> mate. There's plenty of them. A potato. What, what's your language?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's 100% right, mate. If you joined when I got out, you haven't left Australia most likely. Like 2013, 2014 onwards, mm. those poor dudes have done six, seven years and – more than likely, gone nowhere.
1: Here's another area you've got to be careful when you're talking to a veteran. You don't have to <laughs> do what you want, but if <laughs> if, a, if if this is what happened with me, okay, and uh, I'll I'll be vulnerable here, strong and vulnerable, and show you what happened. While I went to the Department of Veterans Affairs to put claims in, I was like, right, here's my claims. Some cash would be real handy, especially right now because I've got an ice problem. I'm nearly homeless and I need to buy food, and I sold my car to buy uh, food and rent. Cash would have been real handy. And if I could get some of that for my compensation that I rightfully earned, I will. Now, paperwork's in. Now I'm going to see a service provider for rehab, mentally or physically. What's the incentive for me to get better? I'm. If I get better, won't that sacrifice the amount that I get when I get tested? Because what, what if I get better and and then I go see the DVO, and they're like, oh, you've been working on yourself. You're all right. You don't need any money now. I'm like, no, I really need it. And they're like, yeah, but you're better. I'm like, shit, I shouldn't have got better. And lots of of veterans are in that gray space. Now, I was lucky again that um, a close family member is a psychiatrist, my uncle, massive queen. I love the guy to pieces. And I told him this and he goes, just focus on getting better, mate. He goes, please don't don't worry about the cash. If you need a hand, I can help you. Not everyone gets this opportunity or lucky. And I focused on getting better. And although I get a bit peed off now because I didn't get a million dollars like some people do for a sore finger, I'm happy that I'm not in a neurological rut thinking about taking my life anymore. I'm happy. I'm doing well. I'm progressive. I'm strong in that regard. But lots of guys don't get that luck and they're in that limbo space now going, well, what's the incentive to get better again? And and that's a hard thing to tackle. And it's hard to listen to sometimes when they're in that space. It's like, you're not working on yourself. But i got to remind myself that they're in that gray area too. So- yeah, I wish,
2: I don't know. I wish they could, could you do it the other end and be like, this cash is here for you when you get off ice, when you have a home, like it's always going to like- as an incentive to get, incentivize getting better as opposed to incentivize being broken per se?
1: Definitely. There are small pockets of money available to veterans when they get out. But today I sat in a group, a bit of a brainstorming group. You know, we have th- about 3,000 ESOs as well. And and we've got um, Open Arms, which is an ESO. It's a mental health organization. It's different. But we've got so much stuff out there. It's like... What should I use for what and when, and how do I access it too? When I got booted, no education about what was out there. I didn't even know how to use a GP. I had to ring a mate and I'm like, How do you go to the doctor? (laughs) And he laughed. I was serious. You know, I didn't know how to see a GP. So there's, 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 here's another example. There's a veteran I'm working with at the moment who has an advocate from the RSL. He has a psychiatrist. He has a counselor. He has, um, couples counselling as well as the counsellor. He has peer support, a GP, and he had one more, Pretty uh probation special. officer. Yep. Seven people all there working on this and helping this individual. It's incredible the amount of support veterans can get. Uh, we can get a lot if you need it. It's there. So we just need to educate people about that, but... When you're in the military, if us here were to make an army, the more we raise the level of human sensitivity, the less our capability goes down. So you've got to be careful how you balance this. So we are now got an army where they're starting to think about human rights more than they used to, and they definitely should think about some, but they're also like, well, are we going to compromise our capability here? I think so.
2: Mate, I it's think a- we're already over the tipping point.
0: Yeah, I think it's compromised. I think if, if drones and the Air Force can't win the next war, the Western world is proper fucked because, mm. no, I know it's unpopular to say, but since Obama's administration, the amount of left-wing ideology that the world has let just run fucking rampant and it's infiltrated everything, if we get another, like worst-case scenario, hypothetical, we go to war, boots on the ground war with China tomorrow, They're not putting up with fucking (laughs) left-wing bullshit, mate. They are just going to go around killing people. Yeah. And our dudes are going to get shot in the chest and be like, oh, that wasn't very sensitive of you. And they'll be like, nah.
1: A a mate in Perth said, oh, we should be careful. Nah. Nah, nah. mate in Perth (laughs) said, a new crew came through and this new crew that came through were reluctant to shoot. And he goes, what's happening? And he's like, they were thinking too much about what they were doing as right or wrong. He goes, I saw it happen in front of me. He goes, that's too that's too slow. They're going to get others killed. Mm. And i like, well, there's the sensitivity coming up and the capability going down.
0: Mate, and imagine what's going to happen after all this ABC shit and this four-corner stuff's gone wild now. And, yeah, all right, some, some dudes overseas might have done the wrong thing, hypothetically, mm. but they were due to in a bad spot year after year after year. Now, young dudes coming through, they haven't been in any bad spots yet. All they've done is seen on the news that if they shoot a dude who, He's on the fence between good and bad, they're going to jail. Yep. These young dudes aren't pulling triggers.
1: No. I'm Mate, it uh,
2: so we did uh went to Solomon's the first time, and it was like rules of rules of armed conflict was like so convoluted. This this it turned into like a Chinese parliament. You get the legal order to come in and then you go through all these scenarios, like, yeah, but what if and he and this is some scenarios that they're saying, right? So it's just like, yeah, okay, so he's got he's got a grenade and he's pulled the pin. And he's going to throw it. He's throwing the grenade. Can you shoot him? And Cunt's like, yeah, you can shoot him. And he's like, no, because now he's no longer a threat. And people are just like, <laughs> boys are like what? Uh, oh, they're like, yeah. he's shooting at you. And then he throws his gun on the ground and he grabs his fork. What are you going to do? Like, I'm going to shoot him. And like, no, you go to jail. And so we had this in, T- uh, in Solomon's and then Timor was peacekeeping. Um, and it was the, the laws of armed conflict was just as convoluted Um and you had to, you could, you couldn't fire warning shots, but you had to verbally warn them. And then, by the time we got to Afghan, like corporals and sergeants were hitting people with sticks. Like, hey, the guy's got a gat and he's pointing it at me. <laughs> Shoot the motherfucker! And they're like, oh, like There's it was sticks. this thing, man. There was. Just,
0: like, all the other day, mate. The ROE said no shooting, so they end up beating <laughs> each other to death with rocks and sticks. What are we doing?
1: Don't do that. They're probably, they're, <laughs> they're probably my two favourite cuisines as well. I don't give up. Yeah, uh, and but here's here's the 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 new. So yeah, sensitivity goes up, capability goes down. Okay, fine. I wanted to touch on how do we stop veteran suicide. So capability is a conditioning process which is reinforced by KPIs like AIRN. That's your KPI, and that reinforces in the brain. The procedures that you have to do to stay capable, right? No, Nothing mystical about this. Now, pretend again that you're in charge of building an army, okay? The government's given you $2 million and went, right, build an army. You're like, okay, what's your plan? Okay, I'm going to call them from their home locations and then just see how they're doing. Make sure they're reading their PAMs. Um, what else can I do? They're going be like, well, stop, bro. <laughs> he would be like, no, no, no. You need to bring everyone together under one roof. You need everyone to follow the same program at the same time, repeat, repeat, repeat. And that will change their brains. And you go, oh, what a great idea. Here's Why are we then not doing the same to make a soldier a civilian? There's nothing more to it than this. We send after the military gone to their home location and somehow you think you're going to change the conditioning process you're still you're, you're not exempt from the conditioning process now that you're a civilian
2: the brain process up. actually changes your brain doesn't it like it changes it the size of certain compartments in the brain as well like
1: many areas but basically it's we, we need and the way to fix and I shouldn't say fix but I guarantee you it will reduce mental health burdens and suicide. Thanks, bro. If we can get everyone under one roof and train them how to be civilian. Because in the opposite way, we can't build an army by having people just at home getting phone calls. That's a shit way to train them to become soldiers. We'd be laughed at. Yet that's what we do to make soldiers civilian. It won't work. And so we sit there strategizing about what can we do to stop the suicides. It's like, we need to recondition, take the person out and recondition the brain it needs to go through the same process it did so i went into kapuka and never held a um stire by the end of kapuka you could put a blindfold on me and i could pull it apart and put it together that's a new tool that i've learned to use but we don't give them that sort of training to use civilian tools civilian mannerism civilian this civilian that we just chuck them out and they're gone and they sit at home scratching their head going why are we losing so many?" If you, if you Defence Force, if you want, don't want to stuff with your capability, fine. Give that to the DVA and then go, we need an in-house program. Now, imagine this. Before you, before you sign the dotted line to join, you go, by the way, Kieran, when you sign to join, you have to go through this program to get out as well. Now, if Defence is worried about reputation, imagine that. Imagine you're considering your son or daughter wants to join and they go, wait a minute, they rehabilitate you before you get out. That sounds like a good place to go if you're keen. Thumbs up there. Invest here, and it's a big investment now, but a long investment is lives saved. Veterans back in the community kicking ass. And in this one place where we're all together, I get all the data that Swiss 8's been gathering for years. And you have one of the modules in the program, Red 6, Suicide Prevention. What data have you guys got? Let's bring it in here before they get out and use that data to treat Uh, to teach them about suicide prevention hey dva do you want a seat in this program so you can help them how to do their claims before we lose them all can we get some psychs here can we get some gps here can we invest in reprogramming now so in the long run they're not at home on a phone call waiting to do something that doesn't work recondition under one roof everyone and watch what happens
0: Hundred percent, mate. They've um. When you think about it, the military, like not just Australia, but Western world militaries, have spent decades and decades and billions of dollars working out how to indoctrinate and brainwash people, or yes. teach them quickly how to be. Because to, the brain's malleable, they teach you how to go from a civvy who's been taught not to kill into someone who could. And it's like, don't you don't need to reinvent the wheel? Just reverse that. Wait, well, this is it. What's that? that, that Dave Grossman capture, book.
1: <laughs> that's that's it. Yep. That's it. The, the reason they didn't kill is because sensitivity was higher than capability. So they went, we need to make more capability and less sens- less sensitivity. Boom, we're getting people to shoot in 2020 at almost 100% kill rate. Now we're going back to this sensitivity, and I get it. We've got to be mindful of mental health and people's lives, but maybe focus on capability and when they get out, do that in-house thing. And apply the same rules in reverse for the brain. That's it. Repetition. You know what we could do? Imagine everyone's on this course and you go, Right, oh, people who are getting out of the army, arrive tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, we're going to start. Guess what time they all rock up? 10 two. and And then you rock up as an instructor at 10 past. And then you've taken a cortisol swab and you've given them heart rate monitors and you're like, What happened Monday morning? Why does everyone's heart rate peak? (laughs) And they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that I was that conditioned. It's like, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's force some introspection and teach them how their mind and brain works and then get them to go, okay, I need you, to run across that um, parade ground and then get the data from his heart rate monitor later and go, why did your heart rate spike then? Because when you get out as a civvy, you can walk across freshly cut grass if you want. And it doesn't matter. So, regardless of warlike service, you can teach people introspective tools. Like I was standing at a bus stop one day with my sonnies on my head and I freaked out. Look, I'm at a bus stop in Sivvy Street. <laughs> I don't need that any. I don't need that anxiety anymore. Do it. recondition the brain, please. Someone hear this. Put it in there. Do it under one roof. Teach them. Use all the data. 3,000 ESOs have gathered and apply it to the humans before they get out. And let's watch the suicide rate drop. Let's watch the employment improve. Let's watch society grow better from those people coming out better too. Sorry.
2: cheese over. (laughs) But there's stuff in there, mate. Like they're they're the major ones, but there's 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 very subliminal, very sneaky other pieces of conditioning that they use that you don't – even some yeah, crazy right. do you know what I mean? Even some crazy um completely right of field. Me. like there was a guy who was uh he was from three area and he rocked up to a piss up. He got out, he was a civvy and he's like, Oh, we're gonna So he thought he was rocking up to a piss up. He's actually going around to a kid's five year old birthday party and he's like <laughs> Bring your kid like bring your kids to a birthday party Oh, yeah, been. <laughs> so he had a couple of pre-beers before he went. He grabbed a carton, he grabbed a carton, his daughter and an Esky, rock up to his fight. And I'm not saying, and he wasn't an alcoholic. He was like, oh, we're going to like a five-year-old party. Like, but I thought everyone else is going to be there. All these civvies must just fucking get ham on it as well. And he rocked up and everyone was like, uh, what-, <laughs> what do you do? I work in a call center. Uh, what do you do?
1: Fuck! I don't know. I guess I'm an alcoholic. Um, it's it's true. So you know, here's a a more um, another example. So in Grossman's book on killing, you know what they were shooting at were bullseye shaped targets, right? Like, hello, chap, three oh three, load, ping. <laughs> like that's how it sounded. And then they went, well, how can we make them? Because they're not aiming at people in in the battle. It's like someone goes, y- uh, yes, Kieran. shape the target like a human (laughs) and they and they did and now we have what's called a figure 11 target it's an angry face he's holding a knife charging at you now you don't think of it like that when you're shooting at the range but that's one tiny thing in a myriad of different things that makes you be more capable in war to take a life it works it's implicit learning meaning you're not aware you're being trained to shoot a person. But I guarantee you if we go back to round bullseyes because we can't shoot at people, you'll get people not shooting at people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean to, to reverse that out, all you got to do is go, all right, we've trained. And biology is working with you, right? So if you, especially for dudes, you get them when they're 18, they want to become big, six-foot-tall, bulletproof, hard cunts. And so... Biology is working with you, full of testosterone. Let's train them from an emotionally acceptable person into a savage.
1: Yeah.
0: Doable. Then in your 30s, testosterone's dropping. You're mm. naturally heading the other way. It's not a fucking hard job to go. This dude probably doesn't want to be getting in fights every weekend anymore, probably doesn't want to be out shooting. Well, most of the boys probably would love to get in a gunfight, but <laughs> they're, they're less eager than yeah. when they were 20. Mm. So all we got to do is go, all right, teach some emotional intelligence, teach some normal stuff. Brainwash them on how normal people can get by in life and be happy, and then you're good to go. Mm. Simplified, obviously, but
2: think about it. There, like what you just said there in that one piece, like I'm pretty sure all the boys want to get into a gunfight. Like, I that is inculcated from the first moment you're in the army. Like, I want to get into a gunfight, and if you go on a trip, you're like, Are we gonna get to go hunting? Do I get to kill someone? like and people are like that's not big noting that's not fucking cowboying that is in their fucking brains like this makes me a man and if i get to shoot someone or i get to go into a contact i get a big tick as a super soldier
1: yeah and and so that big tick or that metal that's pinned in your chest is both memory consolidation it's condoning the behavior and it's approval and it's a reward-based system so There's the brain, there's the individual psychology and the identity, and then there's the organization which condones it. So if we're going to smash these SF guys who are going to get the boot, what about the people who condoned it at the top? They knew and know damn well what's going on. Why are we getting rid of the players and not the coach? When I got the boot, some bloke got out on YouTube and went, the standard you walk past is the standard you something. I I don't want to remember it. He had that letter written for him, and that was about, mate. That was about me and those guys who got kicked out, setting an example. And when I said, "Why haven't you?" "What about all the people who sent these emails?" And they went, "No, no don't worry about it." I went, well, then you'd you'd kick out half the military if you more went. More, more, more. And and so I'm not condoning what I did. Like I've used foul language and done that. But if we look at a moral compass, hey society. Where would you put killing compared to using mm, F-word in an email? Where on the moral compass does that sit? Did you, you swear in an email? Yeah, get the hell out. Did you shoot someone? Well done. I'm confused, man. <laughs> like, you know. And so now we're going to kick out these guys in SF who have had medals pinned on their chest, which is rewarding the behavior, condoned by hierarchy, who knew what was going on. They've got to be real careful about this because – we're we're getting rid of the players and not the coach. And I think it's the wrong way around.
2: Oh mate. And and I don't think that anyone all will, will disagree that in that ten years when we were in Afghan. What those boys did over the seas, they saved so many fucking lives and it would be I can't see get them get the players getting dragged through the mud, but those boys saved, through their actions saved so many of the like we were literally as just regular grunts, fucking minesweepers just walking around waiting to get contacted, mate. So that and then someone would happen. Someone would get blown up. Someone would get killed. We'd achieve some sort of intel, and then they go and do the dishes, mate. And the stuff that they would do, they were we were they were scared of engaging Australian call signs. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So to see them getting dragged through it, mate, it's fucking it's disgraceful, mate. So I don't know.
1: Well, again, you know, if and I I like using the brain because it 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 takes opinion away. We just get a brain. Now, is it true that you've got two brains next to each other? A blast goes off between them. Depending on the malleability, the age, the genetics, the identity, the biopsychosocial of each of those brains, one's going to get a bigger dent in it than the other one. Fact, not that you're harder or softer. It's just part of who you are as a, as a biological mammal. The proportion of behavior expressed from that individual is is equal to the uh, the indentation the that that blast left. So if the blast leaves one centimeter deep wound, you're going to express one centimeters worth of behaviours. In this person, it left a five mil deep wound. That person will express five mil equivalent of. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense, guys? Like it's proportional to the indentation um, impression. That's the word. An impression expression's proportional to impression. Yeah. So that's just that now. If someone pops a balloon at a birthday party, not the army, just a civvy birthday, will people jump? Yes. Does that mean you have PTSD? No. It's just a biological trait that's helped keep us alive for millennia. And so, if the brains continually uh taking shooting at people, like the you know certain elements of the army, I call the SF army, and I call it the the television army, which is winning hearts and minds, but at night time, you switch on your goggles and off they go. (laughs) If they continually uh, see and have those impressions, it's called desensitization. That's what helps them keep going after those indentations. And that, in fact, is what helps them become very efficient at what they do. Again, I'm not condoning if things have happened that were appalling, But we need to understand on a level of biology that that's what's happening in the brain. Not condoning, but we should take care and take notice of that. And like a prisoner who goes to prison, they're not going to prison. We just need to work on rehabilitating that part of the human. Here's another one for guys with PTSD. A guy recently uh, was sitting at a cafe. The ground started shaking and there was diesel fumes in the air. And he went under the table, took cover. Now, spoke to him and I said, did you think that through? Did you see the the, the ground shake? Did you go, oh, I'll take cover under the table? And he said, no, it took me under the table. I said, what did? His biology had learnt a new way to keep him safe. I said, okay, that's interesting. So who you are is not I'm fucked up as a war veteran, in fact, If your brain didn't take you under the table, I'd be worried that perhaps your brain isn't working. And he goes, oh, my God, so I'm not fucked up. I'm like, no. Actually, in fact, your brain's working. So what we've got to start doing is, to sound biblical, break bread with this reaction you have. Don't try and hide it. Your brain's – and say thanks to the brain. Go, you know what, brain? Thanks for putting me on the table. How incredibly fascinating and intelligent is this organ?
2: Yeah, I think no. what you're saying, and try, you are articulating this fucking amazing, mate. Uh, what I, and what I'm saying is, and we've, I've tried to articulate that very same point before, is that w- just because you go overseas, your brain learns a particular set of behaviors, right, that keeps you alive. Then when you come back, those behaviors don't fit into general society. But that doesn't mean you're broken. That means you have you evolved, have you moved past it. And now they just don't fit. I know some of them are probably not, like, cool, but those particular behaviours that you've learnt that kept you alive that is in that particular – and it's probably the norm in most of the world. We're talking about shootings, yes. murder, and all that. Uh, and and the, And the 3% of Western society that goes to the shops and don't have to worry about getting their heads cut off or burnt alive or whatever – these skill sets are now you condone, you come back and you're desensitized to killing or you you're have a, a hypersensitivity to, to noise or whatever. We're now saying that's PTSD, you're broken, we need to fix that as opposed to like, no, that's a badge of honor, bro. Like we just need to make it manageable.
1: And and to be even more objective, let's zoom out, it's nature adapting on your behalf It's because conc- you don't choose to go under the table. Nature, the brain, evolution, put you under there. It's like I've been in an area. Let's keep this body safe. Chuck him under a table because I just experienced something like in the war zone, which was a shaking ground or a scene that flashed by. And so, a lot of veterans get this wrong too. They're like, "Oh, poor, I'm all fucked up. I'm, I'm this." And it's like, "No, no, no. Your, act, your brain's actually working. It's working." Now, if you go, if you take the blue pill or the red pill. And if you go down the route of I'm all, Paul, you know, I'm stuffed up, guess what you become stuffed up because you keep wiring it that way. You're like, boom, here's another reaction. Told you. Look, there you go. Self-fulfilling prophecy. That's who I am. But if you can go, fuck, there's a reaction and sit with it and go, oh, my God, that's real scary. My heart rate's pulsing and I'm sweating. How incredible is my brain? Now you're not firing that poor me network. And I understand that, but why can't we just give some soldiers some basic neurological tools like that? That's not hard to understand, right? We get that. Had a guy got crushed by a pipe, and a construction worker when I was doing suicide prevention. And I used that with him. And he laughed halfway through. He's like, holy shit, I woke up because I get nightmares. And I said, why do you get nightmares? He goes, Brain's telling me, reminding me during the middle of the night, stay away from concrete pipes. I'm like, bingo. That's right. But who are you? I'm a dad, love my kids, play footy. I'm like, Ripper, you're all right, mate. I'm going to archive your case. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's not always that simple, but why can't we start going that way with PTSD? Because every person has PTSD and I'm not saying you don't. I'll be very careful to say that because I have no idea. But can we start changing the narrative in that area as well? Because when a balloon pops at a party, we're all going to jump. doesn't mean we have PTSD. It's just a natural mechanism that we use. So I think neuroscience is a really great tool for soldiers. And you know what dudes love? Tools. Give me some tools, man, and I'll fix the shit, right? So anyway.
0: No, 100% agree with you, mate. Your brain is your fucking computer processor for your body, and it's got one job, and that is to keep you alive. In the best way possible. So everything everything you learn to do, it's we're survival monkeys, mate.
1: Mm. Mm. That's
0: all it's trying to do. Subconsciously is keep you alive.
1: And mate. Um, <laughs> no. That's keep your life through, <laughs> through creating. Give me some shirts so I can make more funny shaped head people like me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then so because you uh you worked for Mates for Mining, eh, for a bit. And and does that I do I mean, does that correlate a lot of the I mean it uh, like some of the stuff that they go through with Sort of adjustment, FIFO, lack of sleep. You know, probably they probably drink and do indulge in other things just as much as AJs do. Like, was it, was it, how was it? Was the environments or the or the demographics similar with, with obviously some yeah. outliers?
1: Totally, Max. Uh, when I started, it was a mates in construction. So I was going up to construction sites, you know, big, big building sites that stop work for an hour and they'd be like, oh, what's this shit? I'm already behind with the job and now is this dick going to talk about feelings? Adrian wants to sit here and listen to this is like, no fucking way, I've got to get shit done. So I really respect that too though. And so one of the first lines I'd say when I get to the front of the crowd, first I go to the HR department I go, hey, I've got to meet these guys at the same level. I'm going to say fuck a lot. And they're like, go for it. I get out there I put up a projector and I'm like, um, hey, fuckers, how are you? Like in front of our crowd, <laughs> straight away, you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is my crew. I like these guys, you know." And because and, straight away, I, I, I respect that they're they work their asses off. They pay bills. They've got kids. Don't disrespect them and talk down to them. And I, I had that little self talk to myself. So when I went out there, I said, "Right, I'm not an expert. I want to give you some tools so you can check in on a mate if he's struggling." Okay, um, and if you think during this talk, I'm talking bullshit, call me out in front of everyone. And they're like, oh, we can do that. I'm like, you have to do that. What point is there? I can't stop you thinking that I'm not talking bullshit. So say it. And people would, and I really appreciated that. Some guy said, no, I think that's bullshit. I put it back to the crowd and go, who else thinks that? And a few hands would go up and go, yeah. So I'm not here to change the world. I'm just saying that, you know, and this is the gist of the, program who's noticed a mate struggling and every hand goes up okay and have you thought about going to them and saying how are you brother like it really is that simple and we, we get worried men do sometimes anyway that i worked with about he'll, he'll punch me and tell me to fuck off i'm like how do you know if you haven't tried you're just assuming he's going to punch you if he's really struggling he's going to punch you I, that doesn't seem to work, and I've asked over 200 men if they were going to take their lives, and no one's ever been physically violent with me because it was a genuine ask, and I didn't downplay the seriousness of their concern. One guy, this massive Lebanese dude in Sydney, I love this guy. He said I could tell the story too. Big no neck. He was a unit, big nick, and he put his hand up in the crowd once. He goes, hey, KT, it doesn't fucking work, mate. That's my Lebanese accent, by the way. Yeah, it was good. I go, <laughs> I go, I go. What doesn't work? And he goes, Oh, uh, my mate told me to uh, get fucked once. And I said, Well, what did you say? He goes, Oh, I went up to him. I'm like, Oi, Baz, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, the everyone laughed. Right <laughs> now, what I noticed is everyone laughed at this guy, but he looked upset when everyone laughed at him. And I went, Wait a minute. You, your intention was actually real, wasn't it? He goes, Yeah, man, he's my brother. That's how I talk. So I actually get really pissed off when people go, Oh, foul language, disgusting man. I'm like, no, no, that's his vocab. That's him going, I love you, bro, and I want you to stay with me. He just said, Hey, Baz, what the fuck's wrong with you? That's how he spoke. And I said, All right, well, let's let's rechange the language. Why don't you what's he going through? He goes, a divorce. I said, okay, does it, how does it look? He goes, he looks tired and just shit. I'm like, say that then. Go up to him and say, looks like you're going through a divorce. I know, you, I know you're going through a divorce. You don't seem yourself, brother. He did, and he came back, uh, called me the next day and goes, it worked. And he goes, he talked for an hour, and I didn't say anything. I'm like, there you go. And men don't want to talk. You know, if your intentions are good and you give a shit about your mates, we absolutely do sometimes we've got to be mindful of the language that we use too, but be mindful as well of people like, oh, so ignorant, listen to how he spoke. No, 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 that's his language for I love your brother and I'm checking in. So I want to you know highlight those differences that we have and the veterans to answer your initial question are exactly the same. The construction workers had veterans in there. The miners had veterans in there and they wanted someone to come in there and talk to them like a human, not stand up the front and be all like, so the prefrontal cortex is where you have logic and rationale. And if you start talking that way, you'll find that the simplicity of asking a friend, how are you doing today, pal? They'll be like, fuck off! Who are you? <laughs> you know, you, they just wanted some rough head-looking dude to talk smack and go, here are some tools. And most importantly, I'm not here to change who you are. And finally, the shoulders relax and they're like, thank God. He's not telling me to change. I know who I am. I'm a good person because most people are. I'm not telling you to change who you are. I'm just saying be more of what you are. And that's for the veterans too. Don't change who you are. You know, if you've been a bad person or whatever and you go through this journey of spirituality, man, I meditate and all that stuff, you don't become this passive pin cushion. You don't become this apologetic male who's like, I speak soft now because I was an asshole, but now I'm good. It's like, no, no, you missed the point, bro. <laughs> I'm very
2: woke now, so.
1: You've missed the point. You like, Literally, if, if that's how you speak, fine. But if you're a bit rough around the edges, that's who you are. Don't change who you are. Just be more of who you are. That's all I'm asking because that's what genuinity is. That's what authenticity is, and that is what you can smell a mile away if they're not genuine or they're not authentic
2: yeah and 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 that so just to before we get into your meditation mate the i think that is a big part of like just being genuine because you meet it in the yoga where we did a lot of stuff with tristan and blind tiger yoga and you get a lot of you get a lot of pretend yogis out there that that when to do you know uh handstand paddle boarding yeah but um what what like what what are the some of the stuff that you do sort of day to day or you, you so you said you meditate that you sort of use to give you clear your mind or get some actual optimization in performance through your day to day life?
1: Uh, absolutely, um, and first I think you know for the people like are meditation, I mean, <laughs> guess what the SF guys do? They do they practice mindfulness. You know our, our greatest warriors use it, and um, uh, so what do I do? Well. First, let's talk about what happens to the brain when you do things like mindfulness. So they've replicated these studies thousands of times where they've got brains, put them in a scanner, never meditated before, and they went, let's look at what areas are lighting up and which areas aren't. Fast forward eight weeks after doing just 10 minutes a day mindfulness, and they found that the area where we're logical and rational started to grow thicker, so networks joined more. Now- the area where we have that fight or flight, PTSD, ring a bell, started to lose neural connections. The amygdala started to lose that matter. In summary, you're less stressed and frightened. You're more logical and rational. You're sleeping better, and the side effects are you're a bit happier. Now, look, it gets a bit weird when I skip down the street and I'm smelling flowers and go, like, Adrian, come smell this flower. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just meditating too much. <laughs> you know, like. I genuinely, I genuinely appreciate those little small shitty things that kids look at. A crack in the concrete with an ant going in it. I'm like, holy shit, that's cool. You know, you do stop and smell the roses more. Here's why this matters. People who drive from work to home in their cars, everyone listening's done this. You get to point A to point B and you, you don't remember driving. It's called highway blindness. Because you were up in your fucking cubby house thinking about shit. I hope she's this. I hope I haven't done that wrong. I need to clean that. I've got to mow the lawn. You've you've actually now to be corny again because I'm fucking corny. You've missed a little bit of your journey, okay, life journey. That's gone. You're never getting it back. Why does that matter? Because when people who are on death, uh, not death row, palliative care patients who are interviewed, not long to live, they said, what do you regret in life? You know what they regret about life? being so caught up in here. And they went, whoa, whoa, we got to rephrase the question. What do you regret about, you know, what did you do wrong in life? What do you regret? And they went, yeah, yeah, I was right. I I had my attention up here all the time. I missed my little girl playing in front of me. I missed my wedding, and I've seen that happen. So worried about everything going right. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking and, and planning and getting ahead, but it really pays to be present. And I mean that in a non-mystical, non-biblical, non-spiritual way, just practical. I'm doing it now, listening to the sound of my own voice talking. Everyone's like, what? Well, who's talking and who's listening? You know, if you can start to do this sort of thing, because here's an example. A guy I was helping with suicide prevention, good-looking Maori bloke, inked up, odd turn for him, hot. Anyway, he's having problems with his missus and he's like, oh, she's this and she's that and I don't get to see my little girl and I really love my little girl and it was pissing me off. I said, in that moment, I don't know, I didn't think about it. I said, okay, shut the fuck up. He goes, <laughs> he goes, what? I go, your little girl's right there in front of you and you've just been, you've missed her the whole time. And I was just trying to highlight the importance of being present like that. It's a practical thing. You love your kids, prove it. Get out of your fucking head for a while. Sure, there's a time to think about sorting out the divorce. But what's really important, if you're on if you've got a few days left on earth, and I go to one of you guys, what's your biggest regret, and you go, "I wish I wasn't caught in my head so much," you'll be pissed off. So practice, and that's the work we all have to do in ourselves. Here's a few little attributes that come with it. You know, they talk about bias you know, your racial bias and sexual bias and all that. If you're present, guess what's not there? Bias. If you are present, there is no bias. It's just presence. There's no mental chatter. And guess what? We can all practice that. Old Chinese philosopher said, You want to change what's bad and shit in the world? Well, then change what's bad and shit in yourself. And then he gives you an instruction. He goes, Find a good teacher and quietly go to work on your own self awareness. Surely the best gift you can give the world is that of your own self transformation. Now get fucked, <laughs> <laughs> mate. I think that's and I think
2: that's the big big shift in the dynamic of of what you teach. Swiss eight, um, Jordan Peterson, even Justin Huggett, MG. Like a lot of these boys are all about. Uh, if you want to sort out the world, sort out your bedroom first. If you want to sort out problems, fix yourself first. Um, like I'm massively, I do not remember. I forget driveways. You ask the boys how many times were in Pottsville that I forget the driveway to the fucking house. <laughs> you did that, eh? How many times did you remember the driveway? I reckon what? once. Uh, I remember <laughs> when you ran into it? Yeah. You <laughs>
0: two weeks, every day, past the driveway. <laughs>
2: Every day, it, mate,
0: he had a Blue house on the street,
2: and there was only there was only four turns to go to the shops, right? So, <laughs> and we just done a, a, a you know, we just done yoga. We we hadn't been doing, I hadn't been doing actually doing any meditation, but man, literally in your head, and then for some other reason, we can have this conversation. Uh you turn the cameras on? And for the first five minutes, my brain is cortisol, and it can't think about the next five minutes. This podcast, first five minutes. It is cortisol, thinking about everything else, not remembering a fucking thing, and you can be talking to me. And I'm like, I fucking can't. And then the only the pause comes because I'm like, fuck, what was he talking about? Because I was just been panicking for five minutes. You know what
1: I mean? <laughs> it is a little trick. Like, This is why mindfulness will fail because, one, there are people who don't practice it themselves and then they go teach it, and there are a lot of clinicians guilty of that. It's like, guys, you know, you're different, clinician. You're not like a mechanic. If I go to a mechanic, I don't care who or he or she is. I look at the cars that they fix and go, okay, looks good. But as a mental health worker, you're the product. You're what I'm sniffing out. You're what I'm gauging. And so if you're not there, well, then I'm not there. And where it also goes wrong is people start this meditation or introspection, working on themselves, but they do it seriously. It's like, i got to do it. It's like a furrowed forehead and oh, i got to meditate. It's like, dude, no, no, this new practice is, is sort of letting go of the seriousness. You can start by laughing at yourself, man. And look, I'm not saying don't protest in the street for things that are important to you. Go nuts. But it takes two to tango. The protests will occur and maybe some things will change in policy, but you'll never stop the thinking mind from having thoughts that are ill. Imagine if people were born with one of our ears was a little audio speaker that just spat out whatever you're thinking and you couldn't turn it off. How many of us would be... <laughs> so much trouble, like, so much trouble. I'd be you know, so lonely. Yeah, same. I'd be in prison. <laughs> I'd have, like, a gag ball on and, like, tied to a wall. And... Look, dude, that's the human brain. Sometimes it's foul. Sometimes it's disgusting. You know, it, it just does it. And people walk around like, I'm more proper. Bullshit. If I could hear your thoughts, I would hear all sorts of garbage. And, oh, I'm very spiritual. It's like, no, 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 you're not getting it either. If you think you got it, you haven't got it, you know, and so – Part of, I think, what helps meditation um, to work is particularly for soldiers who want to get into it, you're so disciplined. It's like calm down a bit, bro. Like if you're going to sit in a chair and you fall asleep, that's okay. Oh, I didn't do the 30-minute meditation. I fell asleep. Cool. Maybe you needed a rest. Here's a good one. My, my uncle, the psychiatrist, I went to visit him one day when I was still an AJ, and I'm like, you know, Talking to Pat and uh rock up, we're going to our auntie's birthday in Sydney. And I'm like, come on, Pat, come on, I'm like, look at my watch. And he just leisurely like walks out in his little suit coming. And I go to put my um hand and press the lift button in his apartment. I'm like, I'm come on, come on, come on, come on. Gotta go, gotta go, go, go. He grabs my hand and goes, No, he goes, No, let's be late. And, and I'm like, Pat, look at me pulse. And he's like, no. He goes, you've got too anxiety, don't you? I'm like, no, it's time anxiety. He goes, yeah, you've got it too. He goes, let's just let the lift come and go. And it it really infuriated me because we're going to be late. And I associate being late, like you do, <laughs> with some form of punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good lesson to learn. And that's like an extinguishing process, which you know they're using with PTSD as well and virtual reality. So mindfulness, if you're going to do it and you want peak performance, be kind to yourself when you're doing it because a lot of veterans are like kind of forcing it when it's not a forcing thing. And it's I still sit there and do 30 minutes every morning. I do 30 minutes every afternoon as well, and I still come out of it sometimes and go, I feel I feel shit, I feel worse. That's okay. If you're looking for a result, that's getting in the road of you meditating too then you're not meditating because you were looking for a result. Meditation arises as a consequence of the mind falling still because if the mind isn't still, it's not meditation. And then you're not meditating. You're like, oh, shit, I'm not meditating. It's like, oh, now I'm giving myself shit. Now I'm talking too much. And so then you just go back to break bread with the noise in your head. That's cool. The brain evolved to make thinking. You can't stop it but you can practice sort of training it or making peace with it. And then when things do come up in your mind, they don't have the ferocity that they used to. And now you're cooking with fucking Teflon. <laughs> Shit doesn't stick like it used to. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: oh. Mate, what you said about like when, when you're in the mental health game, you are your own product. That's that's bang on. Like mindfulness definitely that's that's what got me excited when open arms started getting like lived experience peers in it's like if you want someone to solve this problem don't go to politicians don't go to high level researchers go to the dudes who have done it been fucked up come through the other end with a positive story to tell they're the ones that i want to listen to same with same with meditation if you're going to go to like a yogi or a meditation guru i don't want to go to some chick who has never had a job lived on the beach a whole life and is really good at Getting stretch in and, and do meditation, that's not gonna teach me anything. I wanna I wanna to go to the dude who's got a hectic lifestyle, been through some shit and can go, This is all you gotta do. Stop thinking, stop, stop fucking, mind fucking yourself. Sorry, Anna's just walking in behind us, mate. Can you see?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> ah, that's all right. Probably time to cut it anyway.
1: Hey. Yeah, no, you you're right. I mean, what what when I when I learned meditation probably I don't know a while ago now um, the guy mentioned uh, a quote from Buddhism and I'm I was very atheist very scientist and I got up to walk out and he goes no 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 sit down my boy he goes you're misunderstanding it I'm like he's like I'm like yeah but he's talking about like s- mystical he's like no no he's talking about this I was like oh and he goes oh, and then he broke it down for me in lit in in literal language and then I got it I'm like cool so I don't need to Put braids in my beard and wear a robe. And he goes, No. He goes, I like that you got board shorts and thongs on. Keep being you, but practice here. Yeah. Keep going here.
2: Yeah. I'm just, I think, and it's because of marketing, they did so well with, I don't know how they have um, appropriated. So chicks on, in, oh, he can't even say that. Like even fucking dudes who are trying to
1: be, <laughs> like
2: <laughs> even dudes trying to be super woke and they have just appropriated spirituality, meditation, mindfulness. Like if the cats, if, if high performing dudes or chicks had done it first and not, like, we have we have now, I mean, it doesn't matter how hard you try. You try to de-link when you hear yogi or mindfulness or spirituality. Even when I, like, if you tell someone, try and be present, people are like, oh, fucking go and have a latte, bro. And you're like, no, 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 fuck. They stole that. They stole it. They did some marketing. They had some yoga mints and some Lululemon Pants and they fucked it. It's not theirs. Pull it away and let's be warrior monks.
1: Yeah. Totally, it's it's so practical, you know. It's you know this is when when I have to meditate. If I feel good and my day's gone well, I'm like, warning, warning, go meditate, because it's preparation for the worst day of your life. <laughs> because you don't want to wait till shit hits the fan. You're like, oh, I should have meditated. Because mm. that ain't. It's like, no, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, do it now. But if you don't can't form this new habit, fine. Sometimes meditation's the worst thing, by the way, and this is the other reason it will fail. I went through a really bad stage in my life because I started to become more aware of the shit I was thinking. As a result of meditating, I started to realize how bad my mind was. Before, I was blissfully ignorant. Now I'm meditating. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so ignorant, and it got worse. But I pushed through that stage and now it's kind of gone past that where I can recognize it. So if there's someone there now listening and they're struggling with depression, maybe going on a 10-day silent retreat's not the right thing. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to be around people and, and, and not meditate. Maybe you need to be as far away from your thoughts as you need to be. Chuck on headphones, listen to music, go surfing, have a beer. I'm not condoning drinking, by the way, mental health. But you know what I mean?
0: No, that one's got to go too, mate. Man, getting shit faced is bad for mental. Drinking <laughs> with the boys, having a few beers with the boys is fucking fantastic for mental. It the is. The sooner we get that one out of the way, the better. Because I, I mean, I had that. I had run in with um, well not a run in, but conversation with like everyone that I come across. I'm like, we're gonna. What are you doing with the boys for the X Y Z reason? I'm like, oh, we're just gonna go and have a few beers. And they're like, oh, don't you run a mental health? I'm like, yeah, fucking <laughs> no, that's exactly what we're doing. We're gonna go and have a few beers. Loosener, yeah. invent everything. I mean, that's that's kind of how the boys operate.
1: It and and that was one of the messages when I was with the construction workers and miners. I was saying, guys, I don't want you to wheel in a trolley jack with one ton of piss in and go. Let's talk about it. I, having one or two beers, keep it safe. I, I got no drunk, especially if they're critical and they're thinking about ending their life. Because for me, when I was at that stage, I rang up mechs and I rang up Adrian one night I said, boys, can we go down to the pub? You know, you guys know the bra. I went, let's go down the the Maroobo Bay. And I said, I, I don't want to talk, lads, but I'd really love to just watch you two talk smack for an hour. These two had a schooner and I was like a person watching a tennis match, listening to the most bullshit stuff <laughs> I've ever heard. And then I went, and they went, hey, uh, let's let's call it quits. And, and they go, how was that? And I went, perfect, perfect. I didn't want to talk about my feelings right now. I don't want to cuddle anyone, but listening to you dickheads talk smack was just spot on. And I think we, you know, miss that a little bit too. And and I get it too, because we do lo- lose a lot of people when they've had too much to drink. So again, the message is be mindful the, and, of it. And because I, I mean, going to the pub and having a beer, I, I love
2: it. Yeah. So this one's a big one um, because I don't think. Uh, and I'm definitely not a professional but we've we've definitely i mean we had a couple of incidents there we've we've actually responded to a couple of guys successfully um they've set an intention before they've started drinking so and they use uh, and most of the occasions that we've gone to they've used alcohol to get them over that final hurdle of doing it and and so it's not it hasn't been like oh I'm having a couple of beers with the boys oops it got out of control now I'm, now I've got to kill my it usually it's there's a little bit of intent then they go right I'm gonna get fucking wanked till I can do it and then they're either you know I'm like fuck man I'm not a psychologist a psychiatrist it's just been lived experience with and we've done it for 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 a while yeah it, like it's fucking binge drinking and, and and alcohol, but there's you know, just generally an intent behind what they set out to do, I think.
1: Yeah, it, you know, and I, I think to to be fair to the and I'm general I'm bell curving here the males listening, the male audience. So if I put the general male in the middle of the bell curve, actually every human, doesn't matter. We all experience the feeling of the the suite of emotions that a human goes through. Men feel it just as sensitively as women because, you know, to about women's intuition and they can feel feelings and emotions. We're just as good. We're probably poor articulators and there's some science to back that claim up. Um, but when we have those feelings that something's not right about a buddy, follow it. And here's a weird thing. When they do the research on gut feeling, the person who follows the gut is usually is significantly always more right than flipping a coin, for example. So follow your gut. Doesn't feel right. You know, Kieran just isn't being that Kieran that I know. It's there's there's something in the air. I don't know how to say it. Smells different. I don't know. Check in. If you're thinking of someone now, check in and ask them about suicide for God's sakes. Don't belittle it and say, oh, you're not going to do this, are you? Because that's you hoping they don't. And that's what I did in the past. I think it's more about, are you thinking of suicide? And that's a tough question to ask a buddy. And you know what? I even ask it to buddies who seem normal. So out of my 11 buddies at Maroubra, I've asked 11. Nine said I did at one stage of my life. And they were all under 45 at the time. And I went, well, there you go. Now, if you have and you have that thought again, find someone you could call if you do because we need you around. You know what I mean? And and so it takes a little bit of courage to ask the question, but I would rather ask the question, even if they're doing well, than go to bed at night and not sleeping, worrying about that person. And it's not to guilt trap trip anyone. I'm just saying moving forward, let's start doing that, can we? Because – we're losing a veteran roughly uh, approximately every two to three days, a veteran. That's close to the statistics of a construction worker who is every two days a male in construction.
2: Yeah, they are. Um...
1: So, hmm. so, look, it speaks for itself. I think I might add or throw in there too, I I I'm being honest here about, you know, when I went to work for this organization, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. You know, is it genuine? Is it red tape? Sure, there are guidelines and and things and orders I have to follow, but they are absolutely genuine about this. They went, you know what, um, Kieran, you don't want to wear a lilac-coloured shirt? We'll make black ones for you. I was like, cool, thanks, because some people don't want to wear lilac. They, they, they've thought of everything. And they went, you know what? Why don't we make a separate hotline for people to call that they can use, and we won't even ask them who they are? They can just have a vent, and we'll go through with a mental health clinician professional. Open Arms has that for you. It's free. Use it. Spread the word. That's Why a not? big one for the
0: boys that are still in, because I mean, the number one fear for the boys that are still in the going, I'm not putting my hand up. I'm not going to see a psych. It's career progression. They don't want to get. Most boys don't, or they still give a fuck about what other boys will think. But I think that 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 one's wearing down quicker. The big ones. Especially in like the high level units is like I can't go and see psych because that's me done like career over. Like now they're, they're finally fucking catching on, going all right. Let's let's. I mean, hotlines again, not my favorite thing, but if that's
2: their go to mechanism, they're making them anonymous now. Hundred percent. I self. Really? Yep. I self referred to Open Arms. Uh I went to present to psych si because they were like, "Dude, are you fucking all right?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know." And then (laughs) (laughs) I said, "Look, I don't. I really don't want us on the record." And they're like,
1: (laughs) "Keep missing driveways,
2: (laughs) (laughs) missing driveways." Um, And yeah, they 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 said, "Yeah, just go to open arms, self refer, and your case is closed unless there's some serious stuff in there, you know." Like, but uh, but predominantly, it's 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 just it's you. They don't report back to the army, so. And they sure as shit did it, man. I can attest to it, mate, and vouch for it. So they send. I'm gonna be careful. Yeah. Yeah. They send. They send reports that aren't. If if the unit asks from, they're like desensitized. Then the guy's not gonna kill himself or whatever. But yeah, no, nah, it was sick, man.
1: Uh, yeah, and no, no, I'll be careful about um, giving away people in this next bit. But when when I got booted and was struggling, you know. There were three clear moments in my life where I'm like, I'm done, right? And um, it's funny, you know, I was about to, you know, with the means I had in my life and a vision of my mum popped into my head about two seconds before I did it. And it looked like mum had been crying for about a year. I was like, whoa, I've never seen a vision of my mum like that. It stopped me. And I go in front of these construction workers and tell them that because (laughs) – I'm fucking mummy's boy, mate. If, if I upset my mum, I hate myself. And it, it it just popped in. Now, nothing mystical or anything about that, but it stopped me. And that's when I went, I need help. And I I don't know if it was Facebook or someone referred to me, but I went through about four psychologists and I just didn't like them. And I went, this, thing, this psychology stuff is shit. Then the fourth psychologist I went to was an open-arm psychologist, finally. You know what this person did? Why I liked them? They took the piss out of me. They took the Mickey out of me in such a way that I ended up laughing and I'm like, yep, that's me psych. And I went back and forth with this psych and uh, love this person and know them now too in a professional way. And um, what the, the message I'm trying to tell here to anyone who's you know thinking about psychology is what you don't have to be suicidal. Maybe you're struggling to talk to your teenage daughter. Use a, use open arms or another psych if you don't want to use open arms. It doesn't mean you're crazy because you use a psych. SF, use it for performance. Why don't you use it for things like that as well? Get some tools, get some tips. But I guess the other message is if you go to a pizza shop in a new town and the pizza you try shit, do you just stop ordering pizza? No, you go look for a new pizza place and then you find a better one. It's the same as psych, you know? get your Cognitive feed from a, a better place. That's all I'm trying to say. No,
2: nah, do the shop around 100%. I mean, um, well, you well, before- Don't miss
1: the driveway, but keep. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what I mean? Um, No, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, so here's a here's a story. This is coming out, and this is Stone Cold Sober too. Here you go. Ready? So going, oh, going, whoa, whoa. Going, got back from Afghan, going through a relationship breakdown, uh, drinking excessively, and I was like, ooh,
1: is this unusual? Yeah,
2: yep. and ended up ended up uh, having an argument with my platoon sergeant uh and got got PM what what is it PM <laughs> And they're like, You need to go see a psych anyway. Popped up, went and saw this uh year old psychiatrist, and he's like, Yeah, you're fucked, mate. In in, in <laughs> 16 pages of writing, and I was like, Okay, right, what do we do? He goes, going to send you to 10 10 visits with this psych? And I'm like, Right, let's go and have a we're gonna have a chat. And I rocked up, mate. And this, I was like, "Fuck!" From day one, I'm like, "This is not for me." But I fucking didn't know you could you could psych shop. He was a Germ- him and his wife used to live on a German commune, naked commune, <laughs> and uh, they used to do some spirituality stuff. And and the chick I'd been I, I was going through a relationship breakup with was like a sp- apparent super woke um, hippie. And so he was like, no, I really agree with some of her methodologies here. I think you're the terrible person. In- it's all you. It's all you. I'm like, oh, fuck me. And he goes, in fact, um, let's go to this seminar about rainbow children, right? And I was just like, oh, fuck me. Uh, if there- I was like, if there's a God, I was going to become I was Catholic. I'm like, do I need to go to church? If psych ain't going to work, maybe I just need to go and pray for it. Um, so definitely fucking, and I stayed for the full 10 visits and we went, He's like,
1: i think I- <laughs> <laughs> typical soldier pushing yes. through when you didn't have to you, you, you know hey um what's the uh, what's the name and address of this Can I- <laughs> naked um, like it was a, it
2: was a near German naked commune in, uh, and and he was like, yeah me and my wife lived on it for ten years. I was like." Fuck me. And we went to a a literal, it was a it was a seminar on rainbow children coming down from like aliens and spaceships. I'm like, I took my mum, I took my sister because I'm like, you're not gonna fucking believe this. Uh I used to drink before going to the session. I was like, I my sister would have to pick me up. We'd be at the uh, Herbert Hotel and I'm like, fuck, I can't deal with this. And I'm like, and he'd be like, Are you drunk? I'm like, I've got to listen to you for fucking 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Of course I am. <laughs> So definitely is this in Australia? Yes, this is, this is in Townsville. Oh, yeah.
1: yes. Awesome.
2: And I was like, so definitely what fucking shop it? around. If you don't like them, walk the fuck out. And and they're professional anyway, but um before we oh, yeah. before we go, man, and I'm cognizant of your time, bro. Um what I want to talk about, you said statistically we still we spoke about um some things. Uh the, the biggest statistic I want to bring up is the homelessness bullshit statistic that's currently sort of being um spread across social media platforms uh, and and the fact that uh, and and I' I'm, I'm sit on a committee in Townsville for um, Philip Thompson's put a committee together for Townsville for veterans and one of the blokes on that committee uh, actually runs the homeless veteran shelter and when I first brought it up this this chick on the committee was like oh we got to talk about homeless veterans and I was like in the in the famous words of machine gun Dave I was like fucking name five. And this dude who runs the shelter was like, you, you know what? You're dead right. He goes, the, the only homeless veterans in Townsville, they said there's four of them and they want to be homeless.
1: You have to drive. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah, and I'm they and up. they want to be homeless.
1: Uh, I'm not very well educated in homelessness at all, to be fair. I don't know much about it except that last comment, The the – Homeless uh, people who I've spoken to in my last job with construction workers and uh, miners and now with soldiers or veterans, some of them don't want a home. Some of them like a swag under the stars and that's them just fine. So I, I do know there are some that my colleagues have worked with who definitely don't want that. And they've got them into emergency housing. So one of the beautiful things we can do is get them into emergency housing if that's exactly what they need. But I can't really comment on the stats. I don't know them that well, gents.
0: Is there, um, I suppose, there there'd be stuff that you probably can't talk about. Do you find a lot of the cases that Open Arms deals with um, result in homelessness or is, is it a big thing on Open Arms' radar at the moment?
1: I haven't been there again, I haven't been there long enough yeah. to give you really no, sage yeah. advice here. Um so I'd be commenting, you know, out of um
0: mate, and this is this is something where, like a conversation we've got to have probably longer and deeper another day when we find some people who actually well, if we can find someone who's a subject matter expert in a problem that most likely doesn't exist, um, it's gonna be hard, mate. Like we I did. I had yesterday. It came up in the news today, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna Sorry, gonna man. make sure we ask Kieran the um, But it, it came up. It's the last seven days, I think, in the media. It's been a pretty big topic. Yeah. Um, talking about homeless veterans, and I got one of the girls in the office today to dig through the stats, and the stats they circle back on themselves. So there's there's one report that's come out saying there's 5,800 homeless veterans at the moment. Their stats refer to a DVA link that doesn't actually work, and then when you find the study from DVA that they're actually talking about, nowhere in that does it mention a number. Um, and they've they've come up with the the the, the stat that five five point three percent of veterans are homeless. I'm like, fuck me, Dad. That's five out of every hundred people, right? There's five hundred dudes in a battalion. Where's Where's your twenty four mates that are homeless at the moment? Like- uh,
1: again. All I can talk to are the guys that I've actually met and helped or intervened with. And they were happy. See, we automatically say homeless and go, Oh, associate that with bad. These guys associate homelessness that I've worked with with, No, no, homeless, good. I I, I go on a. So, sure, there might be that many homeless, but how many are actually okay? Okay with it, yeah. I don't and know. That,
0: that's the big grey area in this study too. It was like, what is a veteran? Yeah, blurry, blurry definition. What is homeless? Massively blurry definition. I had a conversation with the next. It was the next pommy navy bloke yesterday. He's, he's probably in his forties. He's a good, good dude. Has some stories to tell. Him. He's like, what well, he's charity that he gets behind his one of the Sydney homeless shelters. Mm. Nothing to do with veterans. Just goes. Mm. There's, there's a bloke that came in um, last time he was in there it was SAS dude probably he said he was an old dude, so for, for me I assume like 70s or whatever, and he's like, what, what happened, mate? Like where did you go wrong? He's like, no, no, no I just don't like stuff. Mm. And I'm like, "That one of, one of the things we preach is minimalism, right? And I'm like, mm. fuck, I, I can feel it. Like I just moved to Maroubra, first time I've got like put down roots properly in the last probably two years. Um, I mean just discrediting the fact that I would have been considered homeless by, by stats three months ago. But I bought a bed, right, for the first time, bought a new bed um, to put in this house. And it fucking gave me anxiety, mate. Mm. As soon as I had shit that I had, like, I'm like, I've got a bed now. I've got a TV. I'm like, i got to worry about that shit. And now I'm like, oh, Rita's got a dog. What if the dog pisses on my bed? And I'm like, two weeks ago, if someone shit on my bed, I wouldn't have given a fuck. Because I'm like, I'm on the move. My stuff's always dirty. I'm pretty scruffy. Like, I'm good with it. Now I've got stuff. I've got anxiety about that stuff. Like I can see why some dudes are happy being having nothing.
1: Well, you can see behind Mech's a mattress, and you can see he's put it up against the wall because <laughs> the dog pissed on it. He's obviously weeded the bed, or the dog has, and that's another issue, vets. Prefer. But but it's 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 true. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's right there in HD. Look at that. Oh, and there's a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> But yellow HD, and but again, my my brother who lives um central Queensland, the the guy who didn't join the army, he uh, he rang me not long ago. And goes, oh, there's a veteran in, a, in near a camping ground, um just living out of his suit. I'm like, oh, go say good day, and um and give him my number if you want. And anyway, um I spoke to him the next time. How is he? he goes he's actually doing all right. I go well. How's he going for homing and uh, homing housing and what have you? He goes he he seems really good. And my brother was a jackaroo and he goes, you know, I was a jackaroo and I love camping under the stars and lived like that for years. Cause my brother did, he goes, I think he's all right. And I said, well, give him, you can give him my number anyway. And if he, if he feels like he needs something like housing or support, let's do it. And he goes, I don't think he does mate. I think he's actually happy. And I said, well, make sure you clarify that check that you, he is actually happy. He did. And he was. And two days later, he said he was on the road and went to another location. So, I think we, we we're quick to associate things like homelessness with negativity, but for some guys and girls, they like it and Mate. they don't know different. It's we're the not the VEA.
2: We're not the we're not the VEA in America or whatever it is where they've got a million veterans and they're fucking homeless because the system is broken. If you are homeless in Australia, so sh- Mate, that was half, the stats
0: in this, half the stats in this study study where you, you click the links and they go straight to American papers. I'm like, that's fucking – that's fake news, mate. That is an Australian story linking to another country's stats. There, it's not the same place. There's
2: there's federal members and there's we've got plenty of advocates within the Swiss aid. So if you are homeless in Australia, it, you are either not aware of the services that are available – uh, in which case, well, I, you know, th- that's easy, or it's, an, it's a personal lifestyle choice, mate, because it's not possible. That's I mean,
0: like- there is <laughs> outliers. Let's, let's, not, let's, not, let's not be wrong. Like, there is outliers. There's some people out there that are like have shitty situations and they've just like fucking have no tools in their toolkit to go. I've got financial dramas. I've got X, Y, Z dramas. Can't get out of it, and now they end up with no home. That is a thing, but 5.3%, not a fucking chance, mate. Not a chance. That's cooked books. But, mate, what you were saying at the end, like that is exactly right. The dude jumping under the table, the dudes that want to be – it's like we go – soldiers are a round peg and we used to be square pegs. They turn you into a round one and then you go do whatever time you do, go overseas, whether or not you go overseas, whatever it is, and then you get out and they're like, you're a round peg now. you got to fit in that square hole and it's so- like – one, you can either teach that round peg to be a square peg again and get fit in that hole or you can look at it and go maybe it's the hole that needs to change. Like maybe these dudes who are like, no, I like living out of my ute, maybe they've got it right. Hmm. Like the dudes who want to be away from shit, don't want to follow the society's rules, hmm. don't want to follow the norm, maybe they're fucking happy, let them go.
1: It's funny, you know, when when I did the, um, particularly with the miners, they were usually more rural than the construction workers <clears throat> I talk to this fellow and just just hear him out for a while. You know, probably uh, 9 out of 10, so 99.9% of my clients are male and hypermasculine and 8 to 9 out of 10, I'm just making this figure up, we're going through a divorce and the the, the gist of divorce is this. Um, now, I'm going to be careful how I talk here, but uh, it seems like and I'm I'm using the middle of the bell curve. It seems like the female part in a heterosexual relationship, at least, the female gets this energy, this cyclonic energy, and the male gets this lethargy. It's like I give up. She's just good And sometimes rightfully so, you know. But these men seem to just lie down and and you know what they say? I just want to go bush for a while. And that was at least half of them said that. I just want to go bush. I just want to live in a hut on my own, escape, 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 be with the trees, be with nature, find my own food. Don't have any army to hunt, you know. Like it It. it was a very common trait. And, um, again, I'm, I don't know what happened behind the scenes with the male and the female relationship. He's probably a hard bloke to bloody live with, let's be fair. Um, but lots of them just wanted to go bush. And lots of them were homeless, and lots that I offered a, a bed to, which we could get them into, declined, even if it helped me. So they were like, why do you think that that's what I need? I'm like, oh, I don't. I'm just asking if you do. And they didn't take it. So I don't know the stats, but I know from my experience with working with hundreds, over 400 individuals, that 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 seemed to be the the, the case anyway.
2: Fuck <laughs> I just sat there for five minutes thinking,
1: I, I can't. That, that is an hour 44
2: of non stop perlers, mate. I fucking have to sit there and listen to you for an hour 44. Usually, we're like, we get to 55 minutes. I'm like, yeah, and that's about the end of that conversation, mate. We're gonna have to have to get you back on. Yeah, I'm gonna put you on the spot here and just get you back on.
1: Yeah, I mean, like there's another part that I didn't talk about and I just want to just quickly, I, I was down the beach this morning and I walked past a bunch of, let's call them attractive females of the opposite sex and I could hear them whispering, you know, I can see that guy's abs through his T-shirt. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go back and say something. No, nah, fuck this. And I showed him my abs. And I'm like, girls, I I work for that sort of thing. And I think that people take for granted how gorgeous I am and I just want to make sure you're not, Inviting me back for the wrong this reasons, is going next. Video, mate is <laughs> <laughs> I work hard It's purely for really your good food. looks, mate. Yeah, I mean look at my forehead. It looks like the end of a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> it's big, I can I can see it from the side. And Keegan's uh, good magic sorry, with the I'm editor, mate. Right. He can
2: drag that back right into over at it.
1: <laughs> Keegan actually make me hot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> give it a bloody red hot crack.
1: My, my missus is um uh, singaporean malaysian and um she got she had a few beers one night and she got a little maybe a little bit too drunk anyway she was teasing me about my forehead so she grabs my hairline she pulls it back like this and everyone at the party's like what are you what are you doing she goes she's like pointing out, she's like what do you see there <laughs> like, was i don't know it was real awkward and i'm just there drinking like nothing's happening and she goes it looks like the end of a loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's got freckles. She goes, and it's multigrain. <laughs> when I first met her dad, I told her that story. I go, your daughter is very racist toward white freckly people. <laughs> he laughed his <up>, head off <laughs> and he pointed at me and goes, ha, lottie tau." I go, what's that? She goes, it means breadhead in Malay." <laughs> 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 and I love him for it. It's amazing. Uh... Yeah, I'll come back. That'd be great.
2: No, mate, hundred um, percent. I don't even know some of the words you used in that fucking podcast. That was, I think, the boys are going to clip that in. Hundred percent, brother. That was f- fucking 100%. phenomenal.
1: And 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 may I just add, if you can plug this in, you know, um, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but give some guys some numbers or go search Open Arms. If you don't, if you're just hating anything military, go to Lifeline. If you are If you don't want Lifeline, try something, guys, if you're out there struggling. There's so much help out there. Now, the stats show that only seven out of a 100 men who took their lives in construction got some form of support before they took their life. Only seven put their hands up. That means 93% won't tell you. So... Here's the last message. The onus is on you to go to them because it's most likely they're not going to do it. So please approach you, mate. And even if you sound like a dick, ask them how they are. Have you thought about ending your life because it's a really normal thought. Not nice, but it's very normal. So make sure you get out there and and do that with your buddies. I just I really want to – COVID's bad, but we're losing, you know, eight males that we know a day. It's more like 16. So get out there and you know do do something. That's all I want to end on. <laughs> Hope it didn't fuck your barbecue, but you know what I mean.
2: Hundred <laughs> percent, bro. Good to have you on, mate. And uh, we'll chat to you later.